Welcome back to the Oki Show Show. This is episode three. My name is Brian Gillen, your host, and I'm going to be talking with the filmmakers from Army of Frankenstein. How's it going, guys? Hey. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, it's going good. It's going really good. Thanks. Good. Thank you very much for having us. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you guys on board. We're going to be talking all sorts of things from the recent distribution through Blu-ray and all that mm-hmm. um, to some fun stories behind the scenes. And um, yeah, and we're going to play a couple little games if you're okay with that. You guys okay with that? Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. Sounds like fun. Excellent. Before we move forward, for a little far, 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 <laughs> words, I can talk. Before we go any farther, I have to give a shout out to uh, the guy who designed the Oki Show Show's logo, Walking Stick Design. Using fun, clever ideas to make tangible graphic design solutions that works, that you can feel confident about doing business and not have to do graphic design. Go check him out at walkingstickdesign.com. So, Army of Frankensteins. First of all, let's, uh, let me, let's introduce who all is here, since no one can see us. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Um, I'm Ryan, Ryan Belgart, and I uh, wrote the screenplay and directed the movie. Okay. And was a producer, I guess, too. We, uh, there wasn't really very many, many of us working on it that was at the core of it, so a lot of us had a lot of job titles, so we kind of did a lot of different things. So, But basically, director, produce, uh, producer, screenwriter. Perfect. Not everyone had a lot of roles. <laughs> I'm <Rachel laughs> McDonald, and I played Virginia, one of the nurses in the movie. She was also the actual nurse on set, yeah. too. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> that was getting her. Were you a better nurse than your screen nurse? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just in a similar... Someone find help! <laughs> That's where the acting comes in. <laughs> and you, sir? Uh, I'm Andy Swanson, and I was a producer, and I helped write it, and I was the editor, helped edit it. I don't know. A lot of, like Ryan said, there are, yeah. we all did a lot of different things. I held the boom for a lot of it. Did too. you really? Yeah. Oh. Fellow, you, fellow oh, sound man. Yes. Yeah. Aluminum or carbon fiber? <laughs> uh, I think the <laughs> one carbon, we used. Carbon fiber, isn't it? I think the one that we used to use was aluminum. Oh, really? See, we don't even know. I, man, I mean, it's been a while. It's been a few years. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, my ears perk up. Yes, this talk equipment. We can go spiral down that rabbit hole very quickly. Uh, But we won't, I promise. Okay, so the first thing I would like for all of you to do first of all, let me address my voice. Uh, I've been sick all week, so that's why I sound like I have been chewing marbles. (laughs) It's actually, I'm aspiring to be the next. Walter Cronkite or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so for our listeners that have not seen the movie and have no idea what we're talking about, uh, I would like you guys to give me an elevator pitch of the movie. But here is the trick. You have to do it one at a time where you say one sentence and then you say the next sentence. So. Oh, this will be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I'll start. Uh, Army of Frankenstein is the story of... A young man going back in time... Who accidentally flips a switch that opens up a portal releasing Army of Frankensteins. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> I, eventually I want like sound effects that I could just like hit like an actual radio show. Like, like a fart sound or something. Uh, well, there's more to it. They, they, uh, they then all go back in, in time into the Civil War. I think you. I think you cheated on the rules. There. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done with that. <laughs> no, no, that was, that's true. Wait, we got like halfway through <laughs> because it ended with that perfect period yeah, of Army of Frankenstein, like the end. <laughs> but there is more to the movie. Yeah, there is more. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the portal gets open. The Army of Frankenstein's is created, and, and then they all get sucked back into the uh, Civil War days, where. Um, Frankenstein and Alan, uh, who's played by Jordan Ferris. Christian uh, Belgart, my son, plays Igor. So and uh, John Ferguson, who is the local uh, legend, uh, Count Gregor, mm-hmm. he plays... <laughs> he plays... He's amazing. And he plays uh, Dr. Finsky, who is a Dr. Frankenstein type guy. They all go back in time to fight in the Civil War. Or just be in the Civil War. And some of them fight, some of them... <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk to, and I mean, 
to you as well. You can definitely answer this as well. But I mean, uh, what, what? This is a question for all of you guys. <laughs> I'm going to single you out. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm talking to you. Don't say a word. This movie has has garnered quite a bit of, bit of success, especially for a locally made film. What do you think is if you could if you could nail it down to one thing? Why do you think that is? I'm interested to hear what Andy thinks about this. I think there's an audience for ridiculous premises. I mean, we've seen it with uh, Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah, and yeah, there are other movies like you you mentioned Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. They're just there's. There are movies that have such a ridiculous premise that you wonder how it could have ever gotten produced. And I, right. and I think our movie has that quality to it, where it's just such a ridiculous idea that somebody thinks you see it on like you see it on the shelves, and you're like, "How did this get made? I have to see." It. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something like uh, I was talking to the filmmakers from um, Electric Nostalgia, and we were talking about high concept films like. If because uh, I, I encourage young students that are in film school and stuff a lot, research your favorite directors and see what their first movie was, the first movie, and for like Sam Raimi, it's Evil Dead. Um, and of course, I can't come up with any other examples right now. But <laughs> <laughs> but high concept seems to be a really, really great device to launch a directing career or just to, I mean, like when you have no money. Yeah, that's really what it is. The yeah. thing is, is like we had nothing going for us other mm -hmm. than our concept and our title. That was it. We didn't yeah. have a big star to put in our movie. We didn't have a big budget to put in, you know, some fantastic special effects or, you know, um, all we could really do to grab people's attention was come up with some kind of premise and title and, and uh, concept that would make people look twice. Right. And that was, that's all we really were focused on. Um, was that, was that in your rattling around in your head whenever you were creating the, the concept originally? Like, yeah, you know, I come up with a sellable idea that no, just well, the title alone, because truthfully the title alone <laughs> piques people's interest. Like, <laughs> have you seen the movie Army of Frankensteins? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it, it never occurred to me that it would be sellable. It wasn't about being sellable. Mm -hmm. Like when we first started this project, we didn't know anything about distribution. We knew nothing about that side of the business yeah. at all. So it was more about, um, you know, having an idea and for once in my life going, that's actually maybe a good idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like such a good idea that you guys actually had a little bit of competition because there was Army of Frankenstein's, but then there was Frankenstein's Army. Yeah, and you're right. So you have an idea, the light bulb kind of goes off, and you're like, wow, this might be something that's never been thought of yet. Right. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you go and immediately start searching. Mm -hmm. And we searched, um, I searched for, for Army of Frankenstein to see what else had been done or if anyone had used it. Of course, the dot-com had not been taken, so that was a good sign. <laughs> yes! Yeah, so, so I got the dot-com, and I found this movie called, uh, at the time it was called Army of Frankenstein. <sighs> and it was... Um, being produced overseas somewhere in Europe and I couldn't find hardly anything about it other than it was being produced. It was kind of in development, uh, limbo, um, and there was a, um, a, a little teaser trailer that had been done uh, that was all in black and white and really like it looked like an art house film. I didn't really understand what it was. Yeah. And so we sort of had to make a choice at that time. It was like, well, I found this other thing. Do we keep going? I even did like research on title copyright, you know, and yeah. like, am I too close to this other title? Or are we going to get in trouble? But then I kind of found out that you can name, I mean, we could name our movie Spider-Man if we wanted to. <laughs> you know, so, so Spider-Man, <laughs> the story of Frankenstein going back in time. <laughs> right. But the, uh, the, so the title wasn't really an issue whether or not we were um, uh, going to be uh, in any kind of like violation or anything, but we just had to decide, do we want to be constantly compared to this, of right. the movie, but at the time we didn't know. It wasn't until our script was finished that I started to see like um, the it, stills from the movie. Yeah, it's a very different movie. Yeah. like it's almost it, like steampunk. It is a lot different movie, and it has a lot bigger budget, and it had a lot more backing behind it, and um, you know it's done really well. And the director Richard Raphorst has actually been um, uh, the first. It was really crazy because in Fangoria magazine they're doing an, an interview with him about his movie Frankenstein's Army, and the very last question was. Have you heard about this ripoff movie, Army of Frankenstein? Oh, that's. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, uh, 
you know, something like, hell yeah, I can't wait to see it or something like yeah. that. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and my first reaction was, dudes, we're in Fangoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no negative publicity. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. So that was, um, it turned out to be something that at first I was really worried about, but then later on I think was, uh, amazingly helpful mm -hmm. because the people that were, uh, looking at that movie, uh, inevitably found ours. Yeah. Too. You know, so that's a so that was great. Clever benefit in yeah. disguise, and it even helped. And I know we'll probably talk about distribution here in a minute, but um, it even played a big part. I think when our Japanese distributor picked us up, they're the same distributor that does Frankenstein's Army. Oh, really? So over there in Japan, they're just getting they're just curving the market on all the Frankenstein. Well, movies. that's what happened. <laughs> it, over in Japan, the movie is called Human Weapon. Okay. In Japan, Frankenstein's Army is. Oh, so what weird. they what what they wanted to do was pick up. They didn't want our movie to be competition right. with their movie, so they picked up our movie too and yeah. called it Human Weapons. And they what? <laughs> and they. Uh, I was so, expecting it to at least be Weapon Human. No, it was, no, <laughs> it was just an S. It's and and so um, even going uh, so far as to contact me and ask me what my relationship is with Richard Raphorst. Yeah. To which I just said, well, I mean. I don't really have one. We've talked yeah. twice on Twitter or something, yeah. you know. And um, but on the back of the uh, DVD case for J our Japanese release, it says it's been translated and it says, um, you know, it's crazy because you've seen Human Centipede, you've seen Human Weapons, now see Human Weapon, or no, other way, you've seen Human Centipede, Human Weapon, now see Human Weapons. <laughs> so they're they're comparing us with Human Centipede and Frankenstein's That's Army. That's fantastic. And uh, in the description, it says that Richard and I collaborated to make a sister work of Frankenstein's Army, which is not true at all. Not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're kind of like just they were actually banking on um, the fact that they had Frankenstein's Army as well. Right. And uh, which was just it's just weird. And then and so any reaction or reviews I had seen in Japan after our movie came out there was like, well, I don't know why it's being marketed like this because these movies literally have nothing Yeah, they're, they're so... De <clears throat> Japan. <laughs> Classic Japan. And yeah. they changed... They they changed the guy on your... on the cover of the movie. Okay. Uh, uh. For those of you who don't know, Rhett Terrell plays the soldier character who has the cannon arm. He's a brilliant actor. He's a freakishly hand freakishly handsome guy <laughs> it's like unreal how good looking this guy is and they changed his face on the cover they did not you guys they were just like you know what no <laughs> why why did well, they do that <laughs> i i don't know i mean part of the part of what we have to do is send them um deliverables and so we had to send them a lot of stuff we had to send them of course the movie and the soundtrack and everything but we also had to send them our any artwork we artwork that we had so we had a lot of pictures and things. We did photo shoots with all of our main actors. And we did one with Rhett where he's in that pose that you see on the cover. But the photo that we did was probably a little bit too uh, out of focus or soft focus to have that clear of a... I mean, his face was like in the shadows, like Rhett's face was. Right, yeah. So um, anyway, we sent all that stuff over to him and... We got this back, you know. We got this poster back, and <laughs> it looks friends, like Clive Owen. Like yeah, it, it yeah. seriously looks like they replaced Brett with Clive Owen, yeah. and, and Clive we, Owen's just like, okay. <laughs> well, we yeah, we saw it, and we were just like, first of all, we're like, that makes our movie look way better than it is. <laughs> not, not the part, with Rhett, to... not the part with Red, but everything else, like yeah, you know, like the all the balloons exploding and all that, like way more. It really is a cool looking cover. Then. Yeah, well, well, we we loved it. Yeah, uh, but then um, you know we just said, well, I said you know to our sales agent, I said that's not our that's not the guy in the movie. And he's like, he goes, look, man, he goes, you know, just kind of be happy they used as much as they did for right. the artwork because he was telling me stories about how the the, uh, the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, covers would like you know, he's like we've done movies over there where they put a big clown face on the poster and there's no clown in the movie at all <laughs> <laughs> so so there's that yeah. that's just a thing that's yeah. so weird I wonder if the guy even knows that he's on the cover of no. this of this movie he has, probably has no clue it's just like some <laughs> random it's not even act, an actor or a model it's like some guy that was just trying to enjoy his coffee and somebody took his picture and put him on yeah. the well, poster and then, and then what happens so then what happens later is I'm thinking well okay this is just our Japanese version so hopefully when we do other versions for their territories, we can do different cover art, and no, I'm, I'm pr they pretty much they all liked it so much that they used a variation of it, or they used it, yeah. and even to the point where when we finally got our American distribution, 
I was really excited about that one because I was like, okay, finally we'll get a chance to, you know, make yeah. this right. And um, <laughs> Rhett can be back in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so they they send me the they send me a proof, mm. and uh, I see the proof, and I just have to laugh out loud because not only is you can't get rid of this guy, <laughs> he, now he's on their front and center, <laughs> yeah. and Rachel is not on there at all anymore. They just erased Rachel for some reason. Sorry, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of that because I remember seeing the old poster and seeing like I remember what it looked like. I yeah. never thought of that. Yeah, they just but... took they took her off, and I was just like, wow. And so I wrote back and said uh, to our sales agent, said, "Hey, look, I know this is a proof, but could we reshoot that angle? I mean, we can we have the costume, we have everything. Can we reshoot it and maybe get our real actor in there?" Yeah. And then he said, "Oh no, it's too late. That's already uh, the approved artwork." And I was like, "Oh, then." I thought you sent me a proof. Proof, yeah. Okay. Proof? No? Okay. I'm going to send you a proof slash final version. I think that's the, the big thing to take away from all that is that, uh, you know, once it goes out of your hands and you uh, sell your movie to a distributor, it's kind of like you can't do it. You're out of, you yeah. know, it's out of your hands at that point. You know, it's, Which that's an interesting note for any aspiring filmmakers that are trying. To, I mean, like, because that is, that's success is whenever you've made distribution and finally it's out there. The first step is getting it written. Second step is getting it made, and then the step that very few young filmmakers thinks about is getting the thing out there into the world. Yeah. Can um, you can you walk us through? Um, because I, I I I feel like I know some things. I know nothing about distribution. Well, we didn't either. And I'm secretly that's the only reason I had you guys come yeah. on the show so that <laughs> you can give me your secrets and, <laughs> and I will create my own film called Army of uh, Mummies. <laughs> Andy, Andy can take this, I'm sure. He's heard me tell it probably enough. What, yeah. was, the, what was the question? <laughs> what, what is the, I mean, so, uh, like, for instance, uh, we'll use Electric Nostalgia as an example. They have a film that is done and it's going to be going through the festival circuit but they don't have distribution. How do you get that distribution? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think a lot of luck is a lot of it. I mean, we were really lucky. And I know Ryan was relentless on social media. He had our Facebook page was, we had posts every other day, if not every day. And I know that's a big part of it, but in the end, I mean, in the end, like we, somebody found our Facebook page and expressed interest and I mean that's kind of where it that's kind of where it took off for us. Right. We did a um, a teaser when we, we when we shot our movie. We did a teaser trailer that um, we put online, and we were still filming. So we had just kind of said, "Oh well, you know, we've got enough shots here. Where we can put together a little teaser. Let's throw this out there and see what happens." So we did our teaser trailer, and I think we put it out. I think Topless Robot uh, picked it up first. Yeah. Then Io Nine. Yeah. IO9 picked it up, which oh, wow. is, and and they shared it, and they had a great headline. It was like, uh, it was it's actually awesome. It, it was uh, <laughs> all other artistic expression can stop because this movie is being made. <laughs> right, and uh, that's great. Yeah, and so they're making fun of it, and and it got shared around a lot. Um, and you know, we had put our movie up on IMDb, uh, and so it was starting to get a little bit of buzz just based off of that, and you know, positive and negative. I mean, people were thinking it was hilarious, and people were thinking it was the most horrible thing they'd ever seen. But they were talking <laughs> about it, which I loved right. that. And um, I think on uh, I think Galen found us on IMDb. I think yeah. And so uh, Galen is our sales agent with Empress Road uh, Pictures, and he. What this is kind of where I'm going with this is that when our trailer was out there, our teaser trailer was out there, our Facebook page was being updated a lot. We started getting uh, sales agents contacting us, uh, asking us, "Hey, does anyone is there anyone representing your movie?" Right, and we had four or five of those guys contact us through our Facebook page, uh, or through uh, IMDb, and I talked to a lot of those guys on the phone, and some of them uh, seemed like they were um, very big companies. Right, you know, they would be like, yeah. they were kind of like, hey, you know, we're taking we're taking uh, sixty movies to the American film market this November. November, I guess we could take you guys too. You know? Right, <laughs> and uh, and they're and they're, like, how do you choose? Yeah, like, but, especially when you're. Well, we chose because we chose these guys because we felt like they they had broken off from a bigger sales uh, agency and started their own company, and so I felt like um, they really liked our movie a lot, and they were only going to take four or five movies to the American film market, and they wanted to take ours. And they, uh, you know, he was just really cool about it. I felt like he had our best interest in mind. I felt like we just kind of connected and bonded. 
and I just felt like these are the right guys for us because we are small, they are smaller, and I just don't feel um, – I felt like that if we signed with a really big agency that we would just sort of be lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And we wouldn't be yeah. – you know. Um, and if you, if you ever have a chance to experience the American film market, it's like thousands of movies are being pitched to buyers from all over the world in literally the span of like five days or something. It's insane. This is – it's like a, an event that happens in L.A., right? Yeah. So you guys flew out to L.A. You had your product – well, our sales, yeah, yeah our, sales, <laughs> our sales agent took um, the movie, and we went just because we wanted to experience it, and we didn't need to go, and in hindsight, we probably shouldn't have gone. <laughs> right. Did you get any warnings about uh, the, before the screening started? Yeah, we had, they had a theatrical screening set up for us, um, and so we were like, oh, how cool is this? Our world premiere is like, you know, Santa Monica, <laughs> Boulevard. Yeah. it's like amazing, you know? Uh, but our sales agent says, look, you know, you got maybe 20 interested buyers are going to be in there. And they're probably going to walk out after ten minutes, right? And I was like, well, and the, but there's a reason for yeah, that. It's right. not because they're being mean. It's it's because they make their judgment in the first ten minutes on whether mm-hmm. or not they think it's something they want to right pass on right. to their bosses. They're they not have, there. They have a and long list of movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, and yeah. that's like if you're a young filmmaker and you experience people walking out or something like that. Like that's something to remember. Just like whenever you're screening screenplays, you're not going to read the whole freaking script. You're going to read the first. Five ten pages, and which is an important note to remember. Uh, if you don't lock them in within the first five or ten minutes, then they're going to move on. Yeah, that's exactly what what we thought. And I made the big mistake, Andy and I and Josh all did, of sitting in the back row, <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a perfect view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did. We watched every single person that was in there. No, I'm sorry. One person stayed and fell asleep. Oh but, man! But everyone else, everyone else walked out. And so after and the your screen- internal balloon yeah. slowly, <laughs> pfft, yeah, right. And uh, so it was, it was like it was the worst screening we've ever had. And it was, and it was also uh, the movie wasn't finished. You know, it was about eighty-five or so percent finished at that point. Maybe not even that much. So that was the first time we could see it and hear it with that big of a screen and that you know clear of sound. Right. And so we were like, oh man, this is rough. It's still so rough. There's still so much work to do on it. You know. Did you instantly hate your sound mix? Uh, yeah, we hated everything. I mean, really? yeah, I mean, there was just, I mean, there was so much, we just weren't finished with it. Yeah. We, after yeah. that, we spent, we still spent four months working on it after that. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it revealed a lot of, you know, problems that we had to fix too, though, yeah. which helped. Yeah. 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 I would recommend it if you get a chance, see like your 80% finished movie on a big screen <laughs> at yeah. a theater. Because yeah. like every well, single flaw will be perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> perfectly defined. Yeah. That's right. There is something, I mean, like, I, because on the projects that, that, I have produced, like, when you're locked in the editing room, you start, you've seen it over and over and over again, you start kind of settling. You're like, well, this is great. This is a wonderful film. (laughs) And then it's not until you actually are watching someone else watch it that you're like, oh, dear God. Well, (laughs) here's another thing to think about, too, is, and you're right, you're so right about the first 10 minutes, and that's something we didn't know. You know, we we were, fortunately, we do try to open the movie with a, with like kind of a hook scene, but um, that first 10 minutes is, likely what any buyer will watch mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then make a decision so um that was really important so when you're making a film or whatever like you were saying make sure that that first 10 minutes like really pops you yeah know, as, as much as you can it's really important that is kind of it's always fun um once you know the formula of screenwriting and yeah. then you and then you're watching movies you're like oh there it is <laughs> yeah there's the low point now they're gonna save the day now <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty formulaic, but you know you can't like when those guys are leaving, you can't like walk over to him and whisper to him and say, "Hey, man, just wait thirty more minutes." There's an yeah. epic battle scene. It's really yeah. great. Yeah. Wait till Abraham Lincoln shows up. He's literally Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, it was it was it was a terrifying, horrifying experience there at the American Film Market. Um, but then again, when we went back to talk to Galen, and he, you know, he said, uh, "Hey, that's totally cool." You know, the way they do it is they they take their movies, they have a hotel room where all these buyers are set up by appointments to come through, and they watch all the trailers or whatever, yeah. and they just take screener discs of the ones they're interested in. And um, so after they did that, they showed it to hundreds of potential buyers all over the world, which was that was great. I mean, that's the you know, people say sometimes sales agents can burn you or be a bad deal but for us it was the only way to go because we had there was no way we were going to get our movie in front of anybody right you know so with a sales agent having the relationship he had with uh, the buyers he's able to get in front of people and they're able to um you know send us a uh kind of a spreadsheet that has like you know every big movie studio you can think of on there 
and then he gives like a, a status of like, well, they're reviewing it or they passed on it or they're yeah. putting an offer in on it. So, I mean, we literally had, did you ever see any of those spreadsheets, Andy? Did I ever show you those? Yeah. Yeah. They were just big, basically they're big giant red papers. Yeah. <laughs> no's. Red yeah. means no. And we had like <laughs> right. hundreds yeah. of no, hundreds of no's. Here's yeah. your new daily dose of rejection. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> All mapped out in a perfect chart. Yeah. Right. I kind of wish I hadn't seen this. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, this many people don't like you. <laughs> we were still, even though, yeah, exactly. Even even though those were coming in all the time, our agent was not uh, down about it at all. He was like, look, it just takes one. Yes. Yeah. You right. know? And we finally did. So uh, Japan was the first one and then Germany and then, uh, you know, the UK. And then we got uh, China had a small, we had a small deal with them. And, and uh, then what happened was... Um, as we were still in production with the movie, and this is before, I think this is before we went to AFM. No, no, this is after we went to AFM, but we were still finishing the movie and still trying to get it all finished up. Hadn't shown it anywhere or any, to anybody. Um, Shout Factory contacts us on our Facebook page. And, you know, I was familiar with Shout Factory and, um, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this would be a perfect home for us. You know, they're, they're great. You know, so they contacted us on our Facebook page and, and asked us if we had uh, still had the rights for our domestic distribution. And then uh, our sales agent did an amazing job of, of um, sort of negotiating the deal with Shout Factory. And then, you know, they were, uh, they were very cool about everything. And it's just, it took a long time because they have their ideas of when they want to put it out and their reasons for when they want to put it out. But we knew that we had our Shout Factory deal way before we could ever say it. Yeah. And so we didn't, we had not played um, any festivals or anything. And as a matter of fact, I asked um, our agent if we could still play festivals because that's one of the things we really wanted to do was yeah. to go out and play. So this is before it had even really actually premiered in front of a real audience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. And we, had, I mean, it was before we had really even finished the movie. I mean, it was not even, it wasn't really finished. So that's just not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's really, I mean, like that, from what I understand of, again, my, my knowledge of distribution is pretty limited, but from what I understand of it, that seems like a very rare thing, because it seems like normally it goes through the festival circuit. It do, do you, like you're you're living with your movie for years, and then finally at some point somebody sees it at a festival and it gets. I it. think it goes back to what Andy said, and I think it's, this is the most important thing: is if you don't have Hollywood, if you don't have a superstar, if you don't have um, you know something like that to drive you know your story and your movie, you have to rely on your premise and your title and like Andy said to me it, it's just like luck you know yeah. we, we, like it was a lightning bolt that like struck that day and we yeah. had this idea and it just was I mean and it brought Armory of Frankenstein's <laughs> to life yeah. so uh, yeah pardon the dumb <laughs> <laughs> no that was that was that was me okay. <laughs> but for real I mean the the um, a lot of reviews about our movie even say and I'm kind of paraphrasing but they're like this is the kind of movie that I would see on the video shelf and buy it without ever hearing about it because exactly. of yeah. the because of the artwork, because of the title, and because yeah. of you know. And there, I feel like that there, like yes, there is luck, but there is also somewhat of a formula to it. I've heard several pitches that are all drama based, and they're like wanting to do something very artistic and everything, but they have no budget, they have no star. And like, and it's almost a hundred percent guaranteed that those movies are never going to be seen. Yeah, I mean, our, I hate that because I've seen on the festival circuit so many fantastic uh, movies that are that what you're talking about. That filmmakers from all over the place, in Oklahoma and everywhere, have made movies that are really powerful or yeah. you know, um, really emotional or really personal. And and I'll watch those movies and have I'll go talk to the directors and the filmmakers and be like, man, I love that. I could never make a movie like that. I mean, you just yeah. poured yourself out onto the screen yeah. and it's beautiful. You know? Well, and that's, a, it's not fair because the amount of talent and skill that goes into making a serious drama or, you know, something that is a very artistic base, that is a level of skill that, I mean, I, I wish that I could even yeah. get a small scratch of that, but. I, I completely agree with you. I'm not, I'm not here to say that uh, those are bad movies or they shouldn't be made or anything like that. That's the last thing I'm saying, but I will say this, that, from the distributors we talk to, from the sales agents we talk to, you're exactly right. Those types of movies, they're not interested in. Right. And, they, and it seems like the only way that those types of movies would be successful is if they have a star mm -hmm. or some kind right. of name. That's why when you see movie posters, you see 
the names on those posters, unless it's like a high concept thing like Army of Frankenstein's. You don't have any names on there. Well, it's funny you say that because I was worried because I'd read an article uh, that said, you know, basically you can forget getting your movie on the shelves in, in big box stores if you don't have a star. And I read that article and I called our agent and said, hey, I'm kind of worried because I don't really know what Shout Factory's plan is, but do you think they'll be able to get it into stores? We don't have a name in our movie. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yes, you do. Yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That is the star. Yeah. It's Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, we, we never really thought of it that way. Although, you know, we were, we were, um, yeah, I mean that, so again, it was sort of a lucky thing for us that, okay, well, we do, we do have a star in our movie and, yeah. and you know, the, the kind of, we talk about this in our movie sometimes that like John Wilkes Booth is in it and Abraham Lincoln's in it and Frankenstein is in it. And those are all characters that you don't have to spend any time explaining if they're good right, or yeah. bad. People or get are. it right away. <laughs> yeah. That's so when, like, yeah. I so mean, when John Wilkes Booth shows up, we don't have to give a backstory. He's just there and he's bad. Yeah. We all know he's cares. the bad guy. Yeah. Right. So. What was it like for you, Rachel, to, um, uh, now that it is in stores, mm-hmm. what's it like to go to Walmart now and you see it on the shelf? I actually have it. Or actually you don't because it's all sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're back in there now. Yeah, but they were sold out for yeah, a while. They were for a while. Here, here they were. Congratulations. Actually, I had a lot of family members and friends asking for it. I'm just like, well, they just go in there. They're like, yeah. no, we haven't seen it in there. Uh, they're able to go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some family members are, are able to do that. But it's just, it's surreal. It's it's awesome. So yeah. I'm just really glad that these guys even gave me the opportunity to be in this film because we started in 2012, and that's the year I just started acting. So, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> you landed in a movie that's... Yes. In Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well it's, it's in Walmart. It's Best Buy. Where uh, else? We just found it in Target. Um, and it's crazy. We didn't um, know it was there. And someone uh, took a picture and said, hey, I found it in Target. And uh, that's the weird thing is that we don't know where it is. I mean, we don't. no one ever thinks to or bothers to call us and say, hey, by the way, your movie's going to be in Target. Yeah. <laughs> we're just see, we just see it there yeah. you know, or whatever. And so that was, that was really awesome. Uh, but, but really almost anywhere you can get um, – Blu-rays and DVDs, uh, Hastings and Fye and um, the uh, Vintage Stock, and uh, I think pretty much anywhere you can you can get them. It's not on Redbox and some of the not on Netflix yet, but yeah. it, who knows? I mean, it might be one day. It might turn up there. So that's I mean, like that's a really crazy thing. I mean, like how does it make you guys feel to have no control over that? Like it's completely out of your hands now. It's gone to the to the sales agent. It's not bad. It's kind of nice. <laughs> you don't have yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Finally, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. And and. You know, there's a lot. To, there's a lot said about minimum guarantees. You know, what is a minimum guarantee? A minimum guarantee, or they call it an MG, is a is when you make a deal with a distributor, they give you, uh, they can if they want to, uh, offer you a minimum amount up front. So oh. it's basically an upfront payment, right, for to, for the rights to distribute your movie. Okay. Um, and our sales agent would not entertain any deals that didn't include minimum guarantees. Which is smart because, and, like, once they have your product that you spent years working on well that's that's what they work for is they they represent us to uh to the distributor to try to get that best minimum minimum guarantees they can yeah and so by doing that what that does is it gives us peace of mind knowing that hey we've already made some money we've we were able to pay back our initial investors right um the there are back-end deals and there are other things that are going on um but it's not we're not strictly relying on back-end deals. Right. You know, and especially internationally, you know, it's very difficult to police those things. Right. Um, oh, my God, So, yeah. you know, it's like to get uh, China to, you know, uh, give you the reports on how the movie is done over there, it's like it's almost impossible to, to hold them or, right. you know, to, to um, audit that or whatever, you know. So, so really it's just that, – that's why our agent has just always been like minimum guarantees, minimum guarantees, yeah. minimum guarantees. Well, and that's an interesting note to make for the listeners who are film students that, you know, uh, for anybody who gets into the film industry that wants to get rich and famous, I'm going to focus on rich. <clears throat> Let's talk about that. Uh, you have made a movie that is now in stores that is international. Have you gotten rich? No. <laughs> I haven't made anything yet. Right. Yeah. And that is, yeah. that is a really important point yeah. for, for young filmmakers to know. You are not going to make millions of dollars right away. And, and we still might never make... Uh, what, what's really cool about it, though, is that the movie is out there now, and it will continue to be out there for years and years and years and years. So yeah. 
there is a possible cult following. Well, there is a possible. <laughs> but there is there is a possible my point is that there is a possibility that it could start making us money once the distributor has paid all of their expenses back you know and everything and it, it costs a lot of money for them to print all the copies and you know yeah. send them all out everywhere and there's there's buybacks we have to worry about where you know if Walmart doesn't sell all their copies they send they basically sell them back to you you know oh, so wow. uh, there's all those and then there's like if you do make a profit like you have to pay back your investors and you know, like sure. there's the budget of the money the yeah. movie in the first I mean, place they have to pay yeah back. i mean it, the truth is i didn't really end up owning very much of it uh, when it was all said and done because of percentages i i would give away to people that worked on the movie for free or whatever yeah. you know so um there was a lot of uh, a lot of that that went on and um you know um yeah i mean i'm not i haven't seen hardly anything yet but yeah but i am very glad that the investors uh we paid them back so and that's really that's cool. Good. That's great yeah. because now they're ready to do another movie and we're ready to amp up and yeah. do another movie. And that's really the, like to me, that's the best thing that could have happened is that, you know, our investors that invested <laughs> this first time are now on board to do it again. And, right. and um, <clears throat> that's the number one thing that um, I'm really excited about. You're exactly right. It's not, I think if you go into this whole deal thinking I'm going to become rich or famous or whatever, then I think that's the, definitely the wrong attitude. Yeah. I think the right attitude is more something like, um, you know, go into it with the idea that you're going to learn and get better and, uh, you know, try to have fun, surround yourself with people that you enjoy working with, you know, uh, build those relationships and just kind of see where it takes you. And I always said from the beginning, you know, it's like, I enjoy the process of this. Um, and some, someone asked me, uh, right up front, well, what's your plan for distribution with this movie? And I said, man, I have none. I, I can make a promise that we'll finish it. And I can promise that we'll have like a big party when it's finished. Right. <laughs> but, uh, besides that, I have no idea what's yeah. going to happen. Because really for me, this was like a student film. I had never attempted anything anywhere close to this before. So, you know. Student film on steroids. Well, <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is about that is I waited. That's another thing. I, I talked to people um, who were like in their 20s and they're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do what you've done. And I'm like, man, I just turned 40. Right. And I've been wanting to do these kind of things for a long time. And I've like failed a lot of times. Yeah. You know, well, leading to up point. to the, the production of this, what did you do? Like you have a video production company. Yeah, Andy and I work at Bowling Point Media along with Josh McCamey, and so every single day we're basically making commercials or whatever. I never would have imagined, though, that you know this all this time later we'd be here talking about it or that it'd be on the store, store shelves. And that's kind of the question I have for Rachel is like when we were doing this and we were in this, we put you in a hot air balloon basket with a Frankenstein monster. <laughs> Did you ever for once think, what in the world am I doing? Once I found out that you guys wove that basket yourselves, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, like, seriously, I would show up to set every day thinking, like, just excited about what have they done? Like, what new have they yeah. done today? What so, have they yeah. done? But I was always just thinking, because you always promised us, you just said, I can't promise you guys where this is going to go, but I can promise you we'll finish this movie and we will have um, a viewing in a theater. So for me, that was my only expectation. You guys far exceeded that so <laughs> we had Rachel come and audition and uh the part she played was a nurse a civil war nurse mm -hmm. that has to talk frankenstein into joining the north and so there's a there's a big kind of dramatic scene in the movie where um she's sort of uh she she, she at first calms him with her singing voice yes from stop. which by the way i can't sing so yeah. <laughs> i think age of ultron they stole that idea scarlett johansson right. sings the hulk down that. yeah thought, yeah, they, yeah they stole that from us um and uh anyway then she goes on to talk about how you know she starts comparing the plight of a frankenstein monster to like the plight to like slavery you know and, yeah and even as we were writing this i was like you know, is this like uh, offensive or is this like, am I, just, am I like treading on, am yeah. I treading on like really dangerous waters here, you know? And I right. was really nervous. Like when the, when the actresses came into audition, that was the scene they auditioned with. Mm -hmm. So I was really kind of nervous to see how they would play it. And I didn't know if Rachel was going to just walk up and slap me or what, yeah. you know? But, what the hell is this? <laughs> That'd be the best audition ever. The actress just walks in. Holds the script up, points at it, and then just smacks you across the face with the script. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have surprised me. Um, but uh, she came in, and, and uh, well, I, I'll let you describe what you were thinking, like what you did when you came in. 
Well, like I said before, I didn't know exactly how, because when you read the script, you're like, okay, well, it seems like I need to play this seriously, but at the same time, this is ridiculous. I'm a nurse yeah. in a basket with the Frank, like with the monster, like, how? okay. So it was, it was definitely different and it was, it was crazy because I was able to come in there. Uh, it was a little different. Like I said, I had just started acting, so I was really, really nervous, but they were great, and I was able to. She's like a chameleon. She can look like anybody. She she has all these different looks, and yeah. And uh, even one time, um, Andy, do you, know, do you know the story? Maybe I don't know if I've told you this or not, but you know, in the film, she's got her hair straight, and she's wearing this the, the frumpiest, like most unattractive <laughs> nurse outfit that they make, you know. And uh, she's wearing that the whole movie, and then uh, we're shooting for like, know, a few weeks or whatever. I mean, I know who Rachel is by that point. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm walking around at Walmart and I hear this, Ryan, Ryan. I look over and I'm like, who in the world? <laughs> this is the most like stunning woman is talking to me. Running, running towards you. <laughs> yes. and I'm like, who is this? And she had her hair all up and she was dressed, you know, real nicely and stuff. And she's like, I didn't, I seriously still didn't understand. She was right in front of me and I still didn't know who it was. And she's like, it's Rachel. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought, I was like, well, Maybe he doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah. I'm filming him. You know what's weird too is that, um, and Andy and I, as we, as, as Andy was editing the movie and we were like constantly looking at you guys, like you became stars to us, <laughs> you know, because we lived with you and your performance for months and months and months and months after we had shot your parts, you know, so that's, it was weird because we were kind of starstruck like, when I would see you later and when I'd see Rhett later, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Rachelle. <laughs> right. She's famous. Star of that <laughs> award-winning film, Army of Frankensteins. That I wrote. <laughs> and then you look in the mirror, my God, it's the director from Army of Frankensteins. He's an award-winning filmmaker. You've won an Emmy too, haven't you? Uh, yeah. 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 He's an Emmy award-winning filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. But that was for the two movie guys thing we were talking about. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's amazing. Uh, um, you know how much time we spend just like looking at the actors over and over and over and over and over mm -hmm. as we're trying to put an edit, edit together. So that's really funny. That's awesome. Well, um, it's time to move on to the next segment. That segment of questions and whatnot. That was a horrible segue. <laughs> 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 the Okie Show Show is brought to you by Turtle Shells, the original mobile home. <laughs> I'm still working on my sponsor list. Uh, do you guys want to play some games? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, this is a, a, a film and music podcast, but I like to like change it up around the, the last 15 minutes or so and do some games, some little improv games. Let me preface it by saying I suck at improv. I just <laughs> admire it. <laughs> so suck at it with me, shall we? Okay. So this first game, we're just going to do a little warm up. And I'm sure uh, you guys have know this game. It's called Questions. Ryan and Andy... You guys are going to be sitting in the sales agent's office and you're selling the movie to the sales agent who's going to be played by Rachel. So the trick to this is that you can only communicate in questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. All, right. All right. Including the sales agent? Including the sales agent. Okay. So it'll be a very fruitful sales meeting. Okay. All right. We're going to start in three, two, one. Why are you in my office today? Would you like to hear about a movie idea we have? What's your movie idea? Have you heard of the character Frankenstein? What is a Frankenstein? Is that a line in the movie? <laughs> have you guys already wrote the movie? It depends on what you mean by... Wait, that's not a question. Oh! <laughs> Ryan's out, now it's just the two of you. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we're down to Andy and Rachel. That was good, that was good. <laughs> Continuing the meeting. Why are you still in my office? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, that was good. See, that's why she's an actor. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm good at that. It's, uh, it's like you do this for a living or something. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to play another game. This is one that I, I came up with, so I'm hoping that it'll work. <laughs> so this is called uh, Director's Disaster. And the way that this works is the director cannot shoot the scene because of a problem being explained by the first AD. So um, let's, uh, Rachel, uh, you are going to be our first AD. Okay. And you are presenting the issue to the director. 
This is kind of a, a play on Murphy's Law that absolutely rules every film set. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's give him an interesting trait. Like some, something's wrong with him. <laughs> Do I get to think yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do I get um, He's really, really allergic to animals. You're, you're super allergic to animals. And the first AD, what's, what's, some, what's wrong with the set? Uh, there, a herd of cats is loose on set. There's a herd of cats loose on set. <laughs> In three, two, one. Ryan, we can't shoot this first scene. I know you're allergic to cats, so I, I regrettably have to tell you there is a herd of cats on set right now, and we can't get them to leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shortest game. <laughs> well done. Okay. <laughs> when in doubt. Um, and uh, it's Rhett. Should we answer it? Answer the phone. Oh, no. Oh, no, we missed it. <laughs> Should I call him back? <clears throat> Embarrassing amount of time. <laughs> Prepping for it. Um, Do you think it went good? Please stop. Put this on silent. Yep. Well, you, you got here just in time because we just started playing some games. Um, you probably know absolutely nothing about this podcast. We talk about film, we talk about music, but then we also like to kind of tag it off with some improv games. Okay. We just played this game called Director's Disaster, but I want to play it again since you're here. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Actually, let's, so let's make first, uh, you were yeah. first AD last time, so let's make you the director, and then you are the first AD presenting the problem to her that's keeping you guys oh, from shit. being able to so roll. Just, okay, he changed a little bit. So, uh, so uh, okay, let's, let's find a problem. What's the problem? Okay, the problem is, how about this? The first AD has been cast as a lead <laughs> in a really big budget movie. Ah, okay, he, that's a good he, one. And he needs to leave, like, immediately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, to bring the set to a grinding halt. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Oh, okay. uh, wow. All right, think you got it? I, no, but yeah, <laughs> let's, uh, let's do the thing. All right, here we go. Um, hey. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah. Too many A's. Rachel? Rich, Rich, um, uh, so... You know, so we're winding down. Everything's going good. I've got, I, by the way, I've got uh, craft services coming in at five tomorrow. Everything's set up. Everything's good. Um, um, makeup. We, we lost Jana because she's moving on to the next project. And everything's supposed to be smooth for the last three or four days. The, 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 the thing is, you know that uh, I love this project. I, I love your vision. Okay. Um... <laughs> As you know, I'm an actor as well. I, I could not be more thankful for the, 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 this job, the first AD. It's, mm. it's great. Um, being hands-on, being in the trenches, trenches, trenches. working with you. Uh, but I, I, I actually got a, uh, I got a call from um, Supernatural. And, uh, uh, so um, demon number two, it, it really looks like I, And I, I know, I know, I know we're supposed to go till the 13th, but I just thought maybe if, um, the movie's basically done. <laughs> and you, you did such a good job. It's so cool. And it's, you know, the, the stunt guys and the action stuff and the explosions, it's, 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 I need to go. <laughs> what do you mean you need to go? I got it. I, 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 I obviously don't. I don't have to go. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm here because I'm committed to this in your dream, and I know yeah. that we've been thirty and, days. And then we have this contract, but, but, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. To, to be fair, we're thirty days over. Um, <laughs> what we were supposed to be done by. To, so when I did the audition, I thought, mm -hmm. like, I thought I'd have, and I didn't have like this vacation, and my wife. Just had a It's fine. Pause. Ryan, you're the executive producer, Jesus. and you are a million dollars in the hole, and you have just arrived on set to find out what's going on. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Hey, hey. Ryan. Um, hey, Ryan. Well, Red has something very interesting he wants to tell you. Well, I hope it's not uh, going to stop production or slow it down, because I just, you're not, you're not going to believe this, 
just yesterday I had to put in an extra 500000 just to keep us going. An extra 5000 you say? 500000 500000 Yeah, yeah just, to, that, right? just to keep us going. He, he just uh, put an extra 500000 I And I can't get it back. Oh. Yeah, oh. So it's like non-refundable. Do you want to share your story now? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even... I'm not sure that's how it works, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's really not much of a story, um, Brian. It's just, you know, we've we've been going at this for... We were supposed to do it for three months. It's been almost a year. And I, I really believe in the, like, the Frankensteins are going to be great, and um, everything's cool. But that's uh, okay, 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 but... Uh, I mean, Rachel was saying she was cool with it. Hey, look, um, wait, 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 hold on. I know where you're going with this. And I want to tell you, I set this up. I made a call because of who I know and because of who I am. And I got you the part. It's supernatural. And uh, before you thank me, (laughs) it's not because I think you're going to be great for that part. It's because you're doing a terrible job. (laughs) It's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Let me ask you. Um, um, Hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. Is the guy's face my face when it shows up? Hey. Oh. Callback. I'm, if, I, if I'm going to be six hours late, I'm coming and swinging, guys. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to play a game. I was recently watching old clips. I am huge into Stephen Colbert. Have you been watching The Late Show lately? No. Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. You guys, yeah. Got to watch The Late Show. Anyway, so Stephen what's, Colbert what's... was on Whose Line Is It Anyway a couple times. And uh, they played this game that I had completely forgotten about that I would like to present to you today. And it's the dating game. And the way this works is that... There is a lovely vixen who is going to be uh, interviewing three contestants that are on the dating game. And, uh, but she doesn't know, you. everyone has a particular trait or you are a particular character, but she is not aware of what those traits or characters are. So, Rachelle, get out of here. Ah, okay. We're going to figure I'm these out. Okay, so we got to come up with three characters for you guys to play. Okay. Um, I would like to nominate Rhett to be a Shakespearean actor who cannot get out of character. Okay? <laughs> Terrible actor that can't, so yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, Ryan, you are, let's see, you are deathly afraid of hair. Okay. And yet you have a beard on your face. All right. Uh, and Andy, you believe that you are a swan. All right. <laughs> All right, let's bring Rachel nice. back in. Love it. Right. I love it. <laughs> so, Rachel, you are the lovely vixen in this dating game, and uh, you are asking your contestants different questions about them and why they would be the perfect match for you. And go. Contestant number one, tell me a little bit about yourself and why you would be a good match for me. Well, first of all, do you have a lot of hair? <laughs> um, uh, I would say average. Average hair? Oh boy. Uh, um, can you just move on to someone else? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> contestant number two. Describe your perfect date. My wife <laughs> convinced me. Wait, did you say your wife? My, my wife convinced me to slay my liege lord. The blood. Oh, dear God, the blood. Um, sir, I think we're going to go on and go ahead to... The witch. Contestant number three. It's probably good. Contestant number three. Um... If you could describe yourself by a song, what would it be and why? Honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> Have, is that your answer? Or do you, is... Honk. <laughs> uh. um. <coughs> All right, 
let's try this again. Um, contestant number one. Um, could you describe yourself to me? Um, oh, you're really oh, sorry. <laughs> well, you're doing great. <laughs> describe yourself to me in three words. Um, scared of hairbrushes. Um, Is that three words? No. I feel like this form. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> contestant number two. Who is your role model and why? Banquo. Who? But I murdered him. <laughs> Dear Lord Christ, I murdered him. Contestant number the three. The witches. Oh, no. Okay. Contestant. <laughs> Just a knife, a knife! Just <laughs> a knife! <laughs> Out damn spot! Contestant number three, if you could pick anywhere to vacation, where would it be? And what would you like to do there? I'd like to swim around in a pond. <laughs> Honk. There. I like, I like the lack of commitment quite a bit. <laughs> Contestant number one, what is your favorite pastime? Um, shaving things. Okay. You guys have a better punchline than I'm not thinking about. Hey, man, you do your thing. What is your favorite animal and why? <laughs> Say a lamb. A lamb and why? The blood. <laughs> <laughs> On my wife's hands. <laughs> and my liege look. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I lost the accent because I was trying to make fun of us. Yeah. Contestant number three. What is your favorite dish and why? My diet mostly consists of fish and sometimes bugs. <laughs> little pieces of bread. I, I, I really, love, I really love pieces of bread, especially when people throw them okay. to me. Just give it away, why not? Okay, let's see. So, Rachel, can you figure out what was wrong with contestant number one? I had a hair fetish. Well, close. Close or complete opposite. I was supposed to be deathly afraid of hair. Oh, okay. Okay. Contestant number two. I was supposed to be terrible at acting. I was so there's that. not that much of a difference, right? Yeah, it's like we're on set again. Yeah. Contestant number three, you're some kind of you're an animal. Are we, are we jumping over my thing? Oh, I was, no, that really? was that was a joke. I, that was yeah, my guess. it's good. Great. Oh. Oh. She just called you a bad actor, right? No, I'm well, no. guys. I think like we all know accent, that I'm not good. So I thought that's yeah, what no, I'm I dropped it because you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you brought prepared notes. What's wrong with it? Or, what, what, or who was he? Who was he? They're, they're whispering sweet nothings. Shakespeare. Oh, uh, Macbeth. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, guys. She's, guys okay, but I think the most important one was, what, what was Andy? Beautiful Anne. Brilliant. <laughs> A duck. Uh, well, it was pretty close. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's the Macbeth of ducks. <laughs> so what kind of duck is he? Done. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. He was supposed to be a swan. Oh. And the only reason why I came to that prompt for you is because of your shirt. You're wearing a Goose Island shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I totally, the first thought I had was swan. So I was like, uh, guys. Oh, yeah. Um, so where can we, first of all, uh, to reiterate, where can we yeah. buy Army of Frankensteins? That's why I came late. You can get it, in, um, you can get it at Walmart, Best Buy, Target, uh, Amazon, uh, Hastings, FYE. What is your website, and where can we see your social media? Uh, well, you can do, um, what is it, Andy? Is, is, uh, Army of Frankensteins is uh, .com. You can go there, armyoffrankensteins.com, and that'll take you to... <laughs> you're uh, going to remember it. Yes. <laughs> well, no, there's uh, the Facebook one. is Just search for it on Facebook. Hey, um, man, you do the work. Right We're not going to... Yeah. yeah. We're not here to tell you how to get something. Are you guys I mean, on just, Twitter? Uh, Twitter is uh, AOF, AOF movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Instagram? Uh, yeah. Friendster? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Tinder? Tinder? Grinder? <laughs> um, uh, uh, my phone? We are going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Check out Army of Frankensteins at stores everywhere. 
pretty much, if you look for it, you'll probably find it. You can also buy it on Amazon, iTunes, Xbox, and what else? Um, I think it's on PlayStation 2. Andy, where else yeah. have you seen it? It's uh, Voodoo, I think. Voodoo, Google yeah. Play. Um, YouTube has a paid service. You can watch it on there, too. Oh, so. That's awesome. And hopefully Netflix soon. Army of Frankensteins, check it out. It's everywhere, and it's fantastic. Guys, thank you again for coming on. This has been really fun. Thanks a lot for having us. All right, this is the Okie Show Show. Tune in next week. Find out who we're going to have on as a special guest, because I haven't booked him yet. Hey! It's going to be me. It's Brett. Hey! It's just you. Like, I'm not even here. Uh, <laughs> clearly, you don't need me. Now I'm uh, sitting by myself and uh, talking to myself. That's chaos. Okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>